You are listening to the Co-Production Podcast brought to you by Cineuropa and Eurimage. I am Domenico, and in today's episode, we are discussing the co-production of Sick of Myself, a feature film written and directed by Christopher Bogley that premiered last May in Un Certain Regard at the Cannes Film Festival. And to speak about this collaboration between Norway and Sweden, I have the pleasure to welcome two co-producers of the film, even though they are from the same uh, company. They are about to introduce themselves. So let's start with you. Andrea, uh, you are representing Oslo Pictures in Norway. Tell us about you and your production company. Yes, so I am Andrea Otsmar. I am a producer working out of Oslo, Norway. Um, I've been producing for about 10 years, including all the short films and uh, small projects. Um, we produce Sick of Myself and Oslo Pictures, but right now uh, I have moved to uh, a new company, II Pictures, um, that's Diveke, who will you will meet now, uh, and I just uh, established. Uh, so yes, we work on feature films, director-driven feature films and TV drama. Um, yes, and Divike can <laughs> elaborate too. Okay, Divike, tell us. So my name is Divike Graver, and as Andrea said, we worked together in Oslo Pictures. We started working together there in 2018 and have collaborated on several films uh, and worked very closely as a team on this production. And from there, we formed our new uh, company, II Pictures, who is an associate producer of Sick of Myself as well. And um, yes, continuing on working on exciting director-driven films with international ambitions, I guess. Uh, we have uh, co-produced this film with uh, Garage Film in Sweden with Mimi Spong and uh, Filmi Vest as well. Uh, Mimi couldn't be here. Yes, so we salute uh, Mimi that is not present with us uh, today, but we'll be sure to talk about the Swedish collaboration as well. Uh, so maybe, Andrea, before we go further, you could... Um, introduce the story of the film for the people that didn't have the chance to see it either in Norway or in Cannes? Yeah, Sick of Myself, we call it an unromantic comedy. Uh, it is about uh, Signe, who is in, uh, in an unhealthy relationship and competitive uh, relationship with Thomas. Uh, and when he suddenly breaks through as a contemporary artist, she... Uh, makes a desperate attempt to gain attention to herself. So she goes to this extreme lengths to gain sympathy uh, as a victim. And you have to see for yourself <laughs> what, uh, how it turns out. It's what we have decided to call an romantic comedy with bodily horror elements. Thank you. Um, and let's, let's rewind to the origin of the project. How did it all start? It... Um, were you already working with the director before, or uh, he, he came out with this uh, with this project? Can you can you tell us a little bit more about the, the origin? Uh, neither of us had worked with Christopher before. We knew him as a director, had watched his shorts um, and his music videos. He did a lot of music videos uh, in the past, and really, yeah, had kind of kept an eye on him. Um, and then he just came to us with the script that was fairly 
developed already from the beginning. Uh, and we both read and just thought that it was extremely funny and intelligent. And he had a very particular sense of commenting on something contemporary. Uh, so yes, we actually kind of immediately wanted to to jump on board and and try to gog interests and seek the initial funding and we we did get really good response from from the Norwegian Film Institute right away and and yeah realized that it's it was a uh, definitely a climate to finance the film. What is the budget of the film? It's uh, it's uh, two point uh, almost two point three million euros. And what is the division between Norway and Sweden? It's an eighty twenty uh, copro. So we secured uh, almost seventy four, well more than seventy four percent just out of Norway, and then uh, the rest is uh, based from Sweden and international funding. At what stage did you decide to to involve uh, Sweden? Well, we kind of knew that we wouldn't be able to get up to the budget level that we wanted uh, just out of Norway. So this was when we got the script, when we first applied for development funding, it was 2019. And we were um, pushed from the Norwegian Film Institute as well to seek international funding. So we went on pitching it uh, at something called Fiction Norway, which is focusing on uh, Northern America, and then also pitching in Gothenburg, where we met Mimi uh, for the first time. And we had a short meeting with her. This was 2020, January. And we just clicked right away and she loved the project and then um then covid hit and uh, everything kind of slowed down of course with the financing but it was at the same stage that we actually got our production funding and could move ahead with um the rest of the funding and we could kind of take our time in a way uh and from that secured Filmy Vest, um, which was an important step to make us eligible to apply for Eurimash. Um, we got uh, the public broadcasters from Norway uh, on board and we got Nordic distribution um, uh, for theatrical and then applied for Nordic Film and TV Fund uh, as well. And so um, it was uh, a fairly it was a financing process that was slightly delayed um, by COVID, but at the same time, it went uh, quite smoothly, uh, I will say, uh, in many ways. And um, we also got additional COVID funding from the Norwegian Film Institute when we understood that we were still kind of shooting in this uh, kind of unpredictable uh, environment. <laughs> You applied to Rimage last or? Yes. Okay, last. How much money did you get from the Rimage fund? 250,000. And what difference that money made in the production? Well, I think Rimage always makes a big difference. It comes 
usually very late in the process and for this project as well we um had like a soft green light on the project uh, but we're still negotiating on big decisions like uh, should we shoot on 35 millimeters or not um just kind of deciding the last kind of steps on what kind of production it was supposed to be. And when Yurimash came in and we got, um, we got the funding in March and we shot in August. Uh, and that made kind of the, the whole prep. Um, well, we were able to, to get to that level where, uh, Christopher could make the film that he uh, really wanted. It would be possible, but very, very different if we didn't receive that. And I'm curious about how you two are collaborating as co-producers. Um, are, are there like different skills or different things you are both focusing on? How is the collaboration working? We should say that we kind of we, we're we're lucky that it has turned out quite organically. I guess a simple way to put it is um, that I work closely on the process of uh, putting the production together, the budgets, the particular parts of uh, structuring the uh, production, whereas Stevie K is perhaps more in charge or takes the lead on the financing and and the legal. Um, Something like that, or how would you put it to <laughs> I, I guess so, but it was also it was interesting working on this project because we uh, from previous productions like the worst person in the world, we had m much more uh, divided roles and much more clear kind of what kind of um, uh, things we were in charge of in this, we were kind of producing alongside each other, we hadn't like talked that much about who should do what but as Andrea said it turned out uh, to kind of just fall into place as we went uh, we both enjoy to be part of the creative development process to be working closely with the director to have all these conversations and we were a part of that both of us uh, all along and then I think uh, how Andrea um, explains how we divided between us is correct. And also we kind of figured out that we see things in uh, quite the same way when it comes to decision-making, when it comes to priorities, when it comes to uh, potential conflicts or, um, or challenges that comes up in, on the way. So it, it felt like if the crew, if the director, if, if it was only possible to kind of come to one of us, if uh, we were there on separate days or anything, it, they would they understood as well that they would get the same answer from either one. So it wasn't never like a, a tug of war or anything like that. It feel, felt very much like we were uh, talking with the same voice in a way. So, so far you have described the process of financing and also of collaborating that is very smooth, very organic. It seems that this production had no problem at all, but we know that making a film is a little bit more complex than that. Can you tell us a little bit about the challenges that you, you came across? Yes. 
of course. I mean, it's <laughs> it's challenging enough without COVID, and then you had COVID on top. Like I think we have all experienced. Um, I mean, the first thing that was very particular for this project is, of course, um, the fact that there's a lot of SFX makeup. One part of that was just dealing with uh, that the lead actress, Christine and Torp, needed to uh, spend long, long, long hours in the makeup chair before set. And it really, we had to be very careful um, how to structure her days and, and make sure she she could actually perform which I think we kind of managed just, uh, yeah, like uh, we, it went okay, but it was it really took a toll and it was very impressing of her. But the very big challenge I would say with, it was that um, our SFX makeup designer, Isi Galindo, who was a really, really important key function, he is from the US. And with COVID, we had some big concerns whether he would actually be able to come into the country or not. And quarantine and um, not becoming sick and everything, uh, it did go as planned or he did come in, but that was a big concern. And Divika, personally, what was your most challenging part? I think um, it was uh, much the same. It's strange when you kind of hear um, a bit over a year after the film is shot and you only remember uh, how fun the production was and how everything was uh, great in a way. And it's strange how you kind of miss, well, or kind of forget um, the troubles. I think COVID for sure was the main uh, issue in different kind of ways. Um, and besides that, it's always, uh, it's interesting also because Christopher, he is a Norwegian uh, director, but he has been living in the US for quite some time and he's also working there. And, uh, this was kind of interesting to, to kind of understand and to acknowledge the need of co-production that we have in Europe that is not kind of the same issue in a way in the US where we have spend requirements and we have uh, a lot of things that ha have to come into production as well and how we make decisions. Uh, we always want it not to impact the film and the creative, of course, but it does uh, in a way because the money kind of leads uh, how we can act. And uh, that was... Uh, not a problem, but it was just a new kind of way of talking to a creative who hasn't been used to working that way. So that was interesting, kind of a part of the whole process. And what were those requirements? Like, wh what were the, the conditions to, to collaborate with Sweden? Well, we received money from Filmivest. So we were actually um, having 10 days of our 30-day shoot uh, in Sweden. Um, so we shot uh, a lot of the interior scenes on location in Gothenburg. And we also did post-production. We did sound posts um, in Trollhättan, uh, which is part of the uh, Filmivest uh, region. Um, so it was just uh, finding finding Oslo in Gothenburg uh, for this project. So, but it uh, it turned out really well. Um, but this is all 
also something that always come up. You kind of switch uh, a lot of the crew mid midway in the production, and uh, it's uh, it gives something new to the way you work, I guess. And then the selection for the Un Certain Regard uh, happened. Can, can you tell us about the Cannes experience and what it brought uh, to, to the project? What was the reception uh, of the film? At what doors it opened uh, for the current situation in the future? They kept us on hold for very long. <laughs> We were waiting for so long to get the answer. And it was just, it felt like uh, uh, like, something that we had really really hoped for and it was uh yeah what we had kind of had as a goal for the film and uh, you who have seen it also know that uh, our main character has a can t-shirt in one of the scenes so it kind of was uh <laughs> projecting the future <laughs> yeah I, i do remember christopher almost kind of laughing because He really, of course, that was his goal too. He really wanted to uh, to go to Canberra. I, I'm not sure if he actually thought it would happen. So when it did, he was he was just kind of uh, <laughs> yeah, laughing all the way to the festival. <laughs> And he got the message actually when he was on the plane from Oslo. He had just left Oslo. Uh, we just finished the film, like the sound mix, and he was on the way to LA. And he got like a he had wi-fi for a short while on the plane and then he got like the message <laughs> so he was texting us like sitting in the the airplane like uh, uh, i don't know what to do i am stuck in this chair <laughs> and uh, by that time you had already secured the sales uh, for the film or did it happen in the can context we had a um, memento international board early on so they They already uh, worked on the project or was invested, but they did a lot of sales income. So, of course, it was very important uh, just to, of course, get get uh, the approval that the festival gives for such a film and for Christopher as a first-time director. Um, and it got a lot of attention, um, maybe also more than what we would expect from a certain regard. So it was, uh, yes, very much the, the start that we hoped for. And what are the next steps now? The film was released in Norway, but in, in the other countries, it's still, uh, I think it's for next year. What, what is the, the release strategy? It came out in Norway in September, and we are very happy with the numbers here. And now we're kind of sharing um the marketing strategies and everything we did here with the other distributors. It's going to be released in a lot of territories next year. I think um, France is one of the countries who have set the date. I think it's April and then the US and Germany also is early on next year. And it's been, for now, it's been just kind of really going around the festival circuit and uh, had a good run there. So we're kind of eager to see how it will play out in the other territories. It's always kind of interesting with this kind of, uh, it's a comedy and how it, uh, it's perceived by uh, a foreign audience. Uh, but I feel like we've been able to kind of try it out 
in many different places now and see that it can work. Uh, UK is also releasing early next year. Um, we had great uh, screenings at the BFI recently, so that is promising. Yes, I, I watched the film in Cannes and I strongly recommend it. It was probably one of the best pictures I saw uh, at the last Cannes Film Festival. So I can't wait to watch it again uh, in the cinema with my wife this time because I kept talking about it. And I think it's exactly our style of film. It's already time to conclude this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, you should subscribe for more. Just look for the co-production podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast platform that has your preference. I want to thank Creative Europe for supporting Cinerope over the years. And of course, Eurimage for backing up this podcast for the second season in a row. And of course, Andrea and Diveke, thank you very much for accepting to be our guest today. We couldn't have done this without you. It was really a pleasure to, to talk about this film with you. Please keep collaborating and making films together for us to enjoy. Bye-bye.